Hot Women Binge. This week, we are throwing it back to our Sabrina cast episodes, uh, giving you a few moments you might remember, some great laughs, and maybe a few you haven't heard before. We're excited to offer kind of this best of. And here we go with Caroline Ray, a.k.a. Aunt Hilda. So, Caroline, thank you for <sighs> thank being you, Melissa. here. I love your bangs. They're super cute. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I don't know. I'm working on, they're a, they're a work in progress. We'll see. I'm swooping they're them cute. today. I'm, I'm going to start getting ready. I'm going to start getting them. So then when I get a huge facelift, it won't be that I suddenly have bangs. You know, people get facelifts and suddenly they have like <laughs> curtain bangs. You're like, I'm going to have the facelift after the bangs. There you go. That's yeah. a good plan. I don't want to just get a <laughs> facelift. I want to do a handstand and get a staple gun. That's what I oh, want to do. <laughs> I want one. everything returned. A nice tight ponytail. Yeah. Will always help. It pulls it back <laughs> a little back. bit. On your back. Now they have. <laughs> <laughs> Head hurts. Oh, I'm sorry. From my garage door You're dropping. You got a garage door <laughs> falling on your head. Oh my gosh, it's like a witch thing. Like a house falling on you. Yes. <gasps> See more Maybe witchy stuff. Witch. I am... was telling me. Oh my god, she denies the witchiness at all times. She's just like Caroline. <laughs> I don't deny not it. My aunt, the I'm not your niece. I'm like whatever, Sabrina. No, it's funny. She, mood. she always she takes it very. She'll be like, "Hey, it's your auntie." I'm like, "You're not really my aunt." Aww. But like, I love that you. I love and I do call you. Sometimes I'll say auntie, but like, no, you almost she every time it, you call her. She's always auntie. in character for 26 years. You know, and I love it. I always Still said, in character. No, the only difference. Have you talked to the cat? Hair and makeup. Where's Harvey? You still call. Nate Harvey. Yeah, I do call him Harvey. And by the way, there was almost a Libby Kinkle moment when we were at 90s gone. <laughs> they were, I was like, I thought they were both leaving at the same time. So I called, oh. So I called him Libby Kinkle. And, oh. she, and she was so mad at me. She's like, Caroline. I was like, okay. She's like, I would never. I would never. No, we, we all, we all already. Harvey's hilarious. He, Nate is Nate. very. Nate's a stupid name, but Harvey Nate, is Oh, hilarious. I love the name Nate. See, now I think the opposite, but okay. <laughs> Nate's a cutie. He's a sweetheart. I'm not gonna make it out of this with any makeup. No. no. So what's your favorite degrees. memory? Should we set the thermometer at menopause? Like, no. <laughs> so Good lord. They all have facial hair by the time the interview's over. Okay, so tell us what's your favorite. What was your favorite episode? I only have a couple more minutes of consciousness between I've the got heat you. We'll and the garage the, door. We'll open a window. And the concussion. And the concussion. We're going to be out like a light. Um, tell me what? What's your favorite episode? Of Sabrina? Mm -hmm. You know what? I just saw that episode with the comedy belt. That was pretty funny. What's that? I don't remember that. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I couldn't stop telling jokes that with a comedy belt, a joke belt. Did I wear it? No, <laughs> I wore it. So only you wore it. It wasn't something I got passed around. That's probably why I don't. I remember. do understand. You've done seven, seven, eight. Well, if I wasn't in the episodes scene, I have no clue because I never watched them back. We never watched them. Um, I do like. Uh, I like the one when I was dressed up as a man and I had to fight Martin Mull. We all did man. We all became men, didn't we? Don't you remember? And we were yes. like, and Beth was super hot, and we were both like, this is weird. <laughs> I look like my brother. A hot guy. The weirdest thing is, I look like my brother. You look like your brother. I looked like mm, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't translate well. <laughs> oh my god, it was hilarious. <laughs> you have to see it. And plus, I took out my revenge on Brett Butler, so I did. I did my character as that. Oh, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Oh, no. no, yeah, you really did. I remember, remember that. Now I remember. Hey, Mr. Craft. That's kind of what oh I sound like. Oh my gosh, my voice. Yeah, you know, yours is sexy. Hey, yeah. I have one more question I want to ask you. Okay. I remember you shooting Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey when we were about. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. What's the movie about? Who's he plays? Jim Carrey plays Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Mm -hmm. What? Um, you had some. You loved being that 
on that set, right? I mean, it was kind of crazy, so crazy, right? Crazy. Well, Jim, I had met Jim Carrey once. I was out to dinner with Ben Stiller and Jim Carrey and Laura Keitlinger and Janine Garofalo and Dana Gould. Wow. And I remember it. It at. was at like 1991. And there was a beep of a truck going backwards. And I was with Andy Nellman, who started uh, Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. And he thought it was his beeper going off because that's how long ago it was because his wife was in labor. So like I have a really distinct memory of this night. And I was talking to him. And then many, many years later, I get cast to play Melanie Chertoff in because when I did um, Comic Relief, which is a very strange, funny story that I, I did Comic Relief one time, this is very, okay, we're not, I'm not going to be lifting weights today. I was sitting in first class and I, like when you first start flying in first class, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone else is on a bus and you're on a plane. I still get excited because I don't let my kids fly first class. That means I have to fly coach. Oh, wow. I, st- I always fly coach. You do? I was in a middle seat on the way here. Anyway, go on. Wow. <laughs> People are going to think you have a gambling problem. I'm very frugal. <laughs> no, I'm saving my money for when I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, there's nothing worse than when you walk into first class and there's like toddlers reading like if you give a mess a cookie on their iPad and you're like, can you please get to the back of the plane? This is torture. You're like, I'm in 37J. You have a good time. You can't even speak yet. Uh, you can't even ask for free nuts. Anyway, so I was sitting and, and Sigourney Weaver, you remember this, Sigourney Weaver was sitting next to me. And I was, I was in the window seat. This is so long ago. This is when they had those crazy giant phones on the mm-hmm. airplane. Oh, yeah. Remember them? And there was a movie called The Ice Storm that Sigourney Weaver had been in. Yes. And my mom was in Montreal and there had just been a terrible ice storm where the entire city had been completely shut down. And so I was sitting next to Sigourney Weaver and I, of course, picked up the giant phone and called my sister like, as I'm like in her face looking like this with the giant <laughs> phone. And I go, Hi. She's like, why? What? I go, I'm just on the airplane. Why are you calling me from an airplane? That's so ridiculous. I, uh, how's mommy? She goes, well, there was that terrible ice storm. And I go, exactly. And she goes, oh my God, you're sitting next to Sigourney Weaver. Oh, she knew. No way. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's true sisterhood right there. True. Yeah. She got it in one second. She would get yeah. wordled before it even started. So oh anyway, so I had this thing with Sigourney Weaver, which was funny where I was trying to talk to her and she was very like not interested in talking not to good. me until I pathetically said I do remember this part they give you like scalding hot cloth yes. face cloth in first class oh, I'd never nice. ever been given that in my life and everyone was like <laughs> it's like a hot cloth and they're all like that's it the very wealthy are made of asbestos because nobody felt the pain except <laughs> and they were like yeah and they're like literally bathing themselves and I was like oh my god it was so hot. It was like hot like in here. <laughs> it was like, it was like, Melissa podcast hot, like, oh, hot, hot cat podcast. Anyway, so I finally said to her, I go, um, I'm an actress too. And she was just like, yeah, like we're really on the same level. I go, I'm on a really popular children's show. It's called, um, well, there's a talking cat and everybody loves the cat and we're witches. It's called Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm just muttering and she turns in and she goes, oh my God, my daughter loves that show. Could I have your autograph? Oh, really? And I was like, uh, no. 
Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, lo- I didn't know that Sigourney Weaver was a fan. Did I ever oh, tell yeah. you when I met Daniel Radcliffe? No. I took Erin, our fabulous makeup artist, who's like an award-winning, amazing, amazing. But she's amazing. obsessed with I everything meet horror. Her. Yeah, she met her the other day. And then she, like, so Erin is obsessed with all things horror and, and magic and whatnot. And Erin wanted to go to the premiere of Harry Potter. So we took her to the premiere and... I see Daniel Radcliffe and I couldn't give a crap. You know, like sometimes when it's for someone else, you're like, come on, we're going to go meet him. So I was like, like if it was like me trying to meet John Travolta, it'd be like, no. But with her, it was like, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Let's go meet Daniel Radcliffe. And as we walk up to him, he goes, oh my God, I grew up with you. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. But hey, this is my friend Aaron. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know Sigourney was there. I had the three of them on my talk show. Oh, really? Yeah. And he was very cute. He was Aww. like, you're my favorite. And I'm like, oh, oh thanks. Oh, I thought I was now his favorite, you're but whatever. <laughs> talk show host. Not which. And when I brought my nephew, this is the great thing about having children. When they say they're going to throw up and they are actually throwing up as they say they're going to throw up. Isn't that the thing? And we were dry. I knew I was ready to have children because we were going to whatever that Harry Potter premiere was. And (laughs) my nephew said, I'm going to throw up. And then he threw up all over me on the way to the premiere. And I was like, I'm ready to have children. I'm not even faced by this. this. Yeah. (laughs) We had vomited on pooped on so many times. It's not. I always say you're not a real mom if you don't have four bodily fluids on you at all times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, Pee, puke, true. breast milk, snot, yeah. like pick one. Yeah. There's a it's lot. It's all there. Yeah. Puke, spit up. Like Wait, there's... so we, we got we got off of the... Okay, anyway. Oh. Man of the Moon. Okay, so oh, yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Okay, so then I met Comic Relief. Mm-hmm. And this is funny. So Sigourney Weaver is there at Comic Relief. And she's like, Caroline! Like, now we're best friends. She couldn't have been lovelier. (laughs) And then I'm walking to go on the stage, and Bill Macy is in front of me. And I say, "Um, sorry, I'm following you. And he said, he turned around, and he was so nasty. And he goes, why are you following me? And I go, it's it's just the order that the show was put in. I'm I'm the act that follows you. Because he had no idea who I was. (laughs) It's very satisfying, because I did very well. Anyway, um, that night, after Comic Relief... The people who uh, do um, Hollywood Squares were in the audience, and I got the job from that night. Oh, yeah. And Milos Foreman was in the audience of Comic Relief, and he cast me in Man on the Moon. Oh, my gosh. So what a great night. Great night. And then I also met Bob, who I was engaged to for a long time. Oh, Bob. So you're best friends Aww. with Sigourney Weaver. Yes, best friend. Got a job. And, and then squares. when I was got engaged, a, got a fun I had job. gone to the gym show and I came in with like a 14 carat diamond. And I told all these guys that that was my engagement ring. Do you remember? Yes. <laughs> and you guys were like, wow, Bob works for nonprofits. Uh, <laughs> I got, yeah, he's got family money. It was the biggest, family money. biggest diamond. <laughs> hey, I'm very trusting. I, Beth was very bad. <laughs> <laughs> She was very, very mad. I probably was like, great, good <laughs> yeah, for you. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had a comedy belt in the show. Um, wait, I love that Sigourney Weaver, well, I guess it turned out that she liked you because I was going to say that Sigourney Weaver was almost as embarrassing as my Lauren Bacall. So, yeah. Did you give her the I autograph? I did. And Kathleen Turner chased me through an airport once. Oh, really? Yeah, because your daughter loved the show. Oh, that was a nice reason to change yeah. you. I think I told you. I know. I, I wish we'd known how sort of iconic it was at the time. I don't think any we didn't have any. No, because we, just we were, worked all the time, we and we we did we had no idea. It was Ninety popular. hours a week. Yeah. in a little you bubble worked on our show. Hours a week. I mean, we just you know it was a lot, and we yeah we never got outside of our little bubble. We rarely got to travel or do any. We only had yeah. a few months off in the and summer, then you'd and we go to another movies. country, and they'd be like, "I will never forget walking in London, and the number twenty nine bus in Chelsea pulled up and said, "Hello, Aunt Hilda," and I was like. What? 
<laughs> but you used to have, you used to have bodyguards. I had even. to have bodyguards in London and in Australia. Did you know that Americans spend an average of ninety percent of their time indoors, breathing around thirty thousand gallons of air daily? It's a lot of air. I didn't know that thirty thousand gallons of air. So according to the EPA, indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, it can be a hundred times more polluted. Ew! Is that crazy? Ugh. Well, let me tell you something. Do you know Air Doctor? I do know Air Doctor. I know Air Doctor, too. I love Air Doctor because it has helped me with this issue. I am so worried about my indoor air, and especially since COVID and all those things. I was I super concerned about indoor air. Well, so, and it's allergy season. We've got pets. We've yes, got all those things. Kids that are pollen, all dust mites, mold. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens, so your lungs don't have to. Yes, so the pollen, the pet dander, dust, mold, it's all gone with their ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria that's and viruses. Yes, and virtually 100% of particles as small as 0.003 microns. That's small. It's so tiny. They also feature whisper jet fans, 30% quieter than most air purifiers. And I can speak to this because our air doctor is like in our main living space Same. in our house. Yeah. And you don't even notice it's there. No. It's and awesome. it's lovely. It's I have mine behind a plant, and then it just, like, cleans the air. Oh. And I just feel like everyone's healthier because of it. Yes. And Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, you just send it back for a refund, minus your shipping, of course. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code WWB. Depending on the model, you receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. So lock in the special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O. Dot com. That's airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code WWB. Thanks, Air Doctor, for sponsoring our podcast. Now we're going to move on to Nate, who plays Harvey, Sabrina's love. Nate, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I was going to offer you some fuzzy socks, but I see you brought your own funny, funny prepared. flamingo these, slippies. These were a gift from some very good friends of mine, Malcolm and Leah. And they uh, and they rock. You're rocking the pink flamingo. I, I love, love it. them. Oh, they're so cushy and soft. And, and I love your um your terry cloth. We told you loungewear, and you had to Google loungewear. I had to Google what <laughs> loungewear was. I'd never heard of it, and I found that it's uh, somewhere between active wear and um, pajamas. Yes. So. and you nailed it. Such a great white. Yeah, you really did the terry cloth with the pockets and the whole Thank thing. Thank you very yeah. much. You look cozy. I like your tie dye. Thank you. I've and been I doing like a lot of tie dye recently. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We like to be colorful and bright over here because it's all positivity. We're not. I kind of figured as much. Yes. You know, bright colors like this make my face look even redder. Um, <laughs> I so actually think you look I very I typically tan. avoid it. But Is it the Irish in you? Are you Irish? <laughs> yeah, a little you bit. Are, right? Yeah, Irish, English, uh, French, all German, those, all those. All those uh, European. Mostly, uh, uh, yeah, Scandinavian. So, yeah. So. All those red-faced colors. We know each other from 26 years. Yeah. Well, Is it? It's been 20, I mean, I'm 46 and I started at 20. Wow. And you're like a, you're just like a year younger than me, right? 43. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Oh, you're 43. Well, your birthday. I'm going to be four. Yes. You're I am 46 and you are, you're actually 44. I will be. Yeah. So I'm 46 and you are 44. So you're two years younger than me. Okay. You were born in 78. Did you want to take that back? I or, thought we were one year. Can we do it? Or? <laughs> we're good. Do you want to explain movie magic to people right let's now? Move, let's move along. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but I uh, but I, I always thought we were one year apart. I didn't realize we were two years apart. But we're both April babies. And you're like 10 to, you're April 28th. I, it's a weird thing. Most of my friends are two years older than me. But yeah, really? April 28th. Yeah, oh. it's like a weird, just 
happens to be so you were a lot just, of my friends are two years older. You were just 18 when we did the first season of Sabrina. Ju- I believe I was 17 when we started. Wow. I was emancipated and okay. had the legal, it was all legal. Uh, so you didn't have to do school. Which I didn't have to do school. Exactly. The good thing. Yeah, I graduated already from high school half, half a year early. So what was your, tell me your audition process for Sabrina. I don't even know. Or do I? Do I even know anymore? Oh, I was there. Was uh, I there? You were there in the yeah in the uh, the final callback. I do remember that. It looked like sort of a tiny amphitheater. The the, the chairs were were rowed up and the uh, a bunch of suits in there. Bunch yeah, of, yeah. You know all the executives. And, and they had you seated in the front row. Uh, I can't remember why they didn't want you standing with me for that audition. They Maybe it would you, distract. I think they wanted you facing them, so I had to be like I had to pull your eyes towards them. So I had to be in their eyeline. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was more theater-esque. It was just him on stage. Auditions are awful. They are. They're the worst thing. uh, uh, I don't know how some casting directors get what they need because the audition process is so bizarre. It's so weird. It's really like an interrogation with this spotlight. And it doesn't, I mean, all good casting directors will come up to you and try to destroy that uh, concept for you. Like, yeah. look, we are here. We are on your side. We want you to get yes, this. True. Uh, and, and then I'm saying in the back of my mind, well, you just said that to him and you said that to him. Yeah. How really was sucks. it weird like, for you? It's like a cattle call, right? And then being on the other side of it, producing and being in the room when you hear what they say about people and you're like, wow, that's truly awful and so vain. Or so vain. So, so, so like <laughs> the opposite of vain. So like, um, petty like what they say yeah. about you and like can be you know we're just like i just don't see him or as that or i just don't think she can or i just you know i, I don't know like when, when you're waiting to way. go next and and you and the doors open and you're hearing them talk no about i'm talking about when guy? i'm the producer and i'm listening in on what they're oh, saying about the actors that i'm auditioning okay. it, it yeah. makes me so uncomfortable because i know that that's what people say when i go in then too or you know like what was she thinking or you know that kind of thing um or we know they can do it better. We saw them do it better in a different audition. And then they tried to call you back in and do it again. Like it's, it's, it's truly, it's just a different art is the thing, right? Don't you think like there's one thing to acting, being in the costume, being on the set, being surrounded by other actors, like playing the character. Absolutely. And then it's, standing it's a whole there. other animal. And it is a, it's a skill, especially nowadays. Actors are auditioning more and more from home. Mm-hmm. They're doing what's called self tapes. And, and mm-hmm. it's got its advantages because you can, Watch it back. You go, oh, I didn't like what I did there. Let me try it again yeah. and change that little thing. Um, yeah, maybe too much though. Do you think that's a little too much? Like you, you don't I think just get it that. Just makes better actors. I it, mean, it's very much more relaxed. Yes. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that you get to relax a little bit more as opposed to walking into a room, kind of, you know, some lights feeling might be on that you. Feeling, or, yeah. Got like ten people sitting behind a desk looking at you, and you might be like doing a makeout scene, and it's a woman for me. Like, you know, it might be like you're supposed to be falling madly in love with this older gentleman, and there's some girl being like, "So, like, don't you?" You know, and it's just like you're you're just thrown out of it. Like, I know my husband Mark auditioned for something once upon a time, and I warned him it was like a romantic scene, and I said. It might be a guy reading this with you, just so you know. And sure enough, he came home. He's like, yep, it was a guy. Couldn't do it. I, well, couldn't, I couldn't get romantic. And beyond that, uh, that guy could be reading with you like this. Yes, behind the pages. Uh, and you never see his face. And, and, and he might look up a little bit and then back down. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of romance, so you guys oh. clearly didn't know each other until you were on set together. Yes. You had a little party before we started. And I we also had a like photo shoot. To bring cast together. We, um, of course, we started off with, well, luckily, we start with like a table read and, and rehearsals and stuff like that. So we're a few days of that. But yeah, we, we did have a photo shoot mm-hmm. where we got to meet like everybody. 
Caroline, Beth, Jenna, and then there was a girl, Michelle, who I already knew because we did a movie together. Mm-hmm. So Michelle played. And what um, was the movie? The movie was called Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, it was really <laughs> cute. That. And then, so we spun it off, but the only character we took with us was uh, Michelle's character. I can't remember her, na- her character name in it. Um, but she played my best friend, like mortal best friend who didn't know as I'm becoming a witch. I don't, she doesn't know that I'm a witch. Jenny. Jenny. Thank you. Wow. Well done. Oh, I, I, sometimes I got it. You do. You have takes a, a while. You have a Always memory. takes a while. <laughs> hey, I wasn't going to get there. So way to go. Um, <laughs> Magic yeah. of editing, right? <laughs> so it was fun. Um, that photo shoot. I remember it was at my mom's rented house in LA. We just come out to LA to do the show and we had this photo shoot and we got to all meet for a second. And of course we have to act all chummy and like, we know what the show's about in the photo shoot, but we have no idea. <laughs> and you have no idea. Not at all. No. I, I was uh, a deer in the headlights for that, you know. You know that thing. one scene that you auditioned with or something, right? Maybe the script. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hand, hand, little pieces of scenes that we yeah. auditioned when with. When you audition, a lot of time you don't get the whole script. You get the scene. And right. that's it. You have you no have context. character name. And don't know who the other characters are playing, you know, at this photo shoot. So did you know at that point that you were a love interest? Yeah, well, because we were flirtatious the in the in the um, in the scene audition. Yeah, in the scene. So that, all yeah. you get to know is what's in your scene, except that we had the benefit of kind of knowing a little bit about the well, if you saw the movie, but also the um, the comic book. So Harvey was in the comic book, and as Sabrina's love interest. So um, how how much do you get called Harvey on the street? Uh, <laughs> less than I do by Caroline. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All she does is call you Harvey Kinkle. It was a sort of a mental thing for her for a while, like just calling me the character name. And then after a while, she just decided to go with it. Yeah. So now she's still I'm still 26 always, you know, years. 26 years, years later, later, she still calls she's me still Harvey. She's still calling you that. But it's hilarious because she really can't. It's funny because she kind of can't snap out of the, the, she, I think she prefers the fiction over the reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, also when we all get back together, it, it just, it just comes sort so of naturally. It sort of rewinds mm-hmm. the clock, and and yeah, all of a sudden yeah. we're just kind of right back in it. It's uh, and still to this day, I feel like a little kid around Caroline. Like I feel yeah, like funny. I'm seventeen years old <laughs> hanging agree. out with Caroline. You know, that's, that's true. So that's fun. a really good point. Actually, you were at the were you at the um the little reunion I threw two years ago at the coffee shop. Yeah, it was we had really so- tough to. It, it was everybody, cast and crew, in a coffee shop. In a small coffee shop. Not a large shop. coffee shop. About the size of this shop. living room here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, everybody. I remember we had a, 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 a best boy was uh, Tony Thomas. Yeah. And I saw him on the other side of the room. Really wanted to say hi. Give him a big hug. Pre-COVID big hug. This is and, right before COVID. This is like, we're talking And weeks. it took me maybe six, eight minutes to get to the other side of the room and he wasn't there. And I turned around and he's right where I was when I first. He was oh, trying man. to get to you. And I think I did that like two, three times yeah. and, and never got to. See oh, no. Yeah, I saw him across the room. That was it. Well, he lives nearby. You'll have to get together with Please him. Please hook me I up. mean, we we had a really lovely, really tight casting crew, as I've mentioned a lot of times. But um, but then we had this little reunion and um, it was literally like just a few hours. But what was so funny about it was all the cast members acted like we were in our 20s again. And when the older crew members went home. They were all like, good night. Oh, so good to see you. You know, whatever. We were like, party across. It was Alimi, I think, who was at a party across the street. We were like, yeah. let's go find Alimi at the party across the street. And then, and then they closed that restaurant down. We're like, we can go down the street to the other bar. And we like 
again stayed out all night it was uh because all of our brains went back to then being 22 and, and wanting to go out all night i know i can't do that no. you know you can't do that <laughs> i don't do that but I don't, no she doesn't that. do that we bar hopped and after partied and then like a few girls came back here and we had a sleepover like it was insane we just like couldn't leave each other like party let's drink it was let's TV talk high school all over again. It, it was it was like a, it was like the best reunion though it's like if you went to a high school reunion and actually had fun which i've never heard of anyone really having fun at a high school reunion but apparently I never went. did you go i didn't i, I never don't went to my, never went to my really have a high school so I know you're my high school oh yeah you flopped around you're my yeah <laughs> flopped, flopped around flopped around the country that makes it sound bit. like I did terribly no <laughs> I was busy I didn't mean romantically I meant uh, uh no school wise I did flop around it's true it's true I flop well I just meant you lived around the country yes. it's hard to yeah well I got tutored those private school and lifelong connections when you're in one place. I think that's why I'm always like chasing people down like Amanda. I'm like, be my friend. <laughs> be my me. friend right now. As we watch that's it. what I tell people. I've only seen two episodes. It was the first one we ever did because you had a party and we all <laughs> went to your house and watched it. And the first one you ever directed because you had oh, a party right. and we went over to your house and watched yeah, it. Yeah. So right. have either of you watched the finale? Um, y yes. For some reason, I've seen the finale. I've it? seen clips of us of of our stunt doubles riding away on a motorcycle. So I was going to ask you what you, you thought of yeah, it. You what do you think we of did me? that? Okay, so you have we to We didn't do that? No, you <laughs> You have to tell people what happened. They would never let me do I know that. with my wedding dress I would have gotten stuck on that. Right? Would have gotten in the spokes and I would have been whipped and, off. And then I would have just kept going. You'd have been bouncing around on the street behind that, me. It would have been a lawsuit. That day shooting in front of that church. Okay, but wait, was wait. our very last day so of So people need shooting. to know like in the final episode oh, okay. Sabrina and Harvey end up together. Tell the story, do you know? What happened? Of oh, the story? Yeah. No, again, I, I know as much as I was as getting married do. to Dylan Neal, a.k.a. And in my memory, it was David Lasher or Josh, but it, that was incorrect. Uh, yeah. No, it's not It's not David. It's not no. Josh. It's Dylan Neal. And uh, and my sister's, my real life sister is there who played Amanda, my cousin Amanda. Um, Emily is her my real sister. And then my sister Allie, for some reason, played a, um, a bridesmaid. And then Elisa Donovan and Soleil are there. And I think Caroline came back for that episode and Beth's there because mm -hmm. um, Caroline wasn't in the last season. But um, yeah, I'm in there and I'm getting married and I suddenly realized that that he he doesn't fit my my soul. I have a soul stone or a heart stone or something and mm -hmm. I have to find the person that has the other part of that stone. That part I remember because that's a clip I saw throw. and they go together. Yeah, you we throw it. At the end, I think I throw it off the motorcycle and they roll together and they they fit. You and I have a, yeah, something. They, they go together I don't and know there's why like we an have image the of us yeah. or something. Yeah. And then No Doubt plays as we ride off on the scooter. <laughs> and like I run out, I run away from my wedding and I run out the door and he's sitting there on the scooter because something was happening. You were talking to somebody, maybe Salem. Mm -hmm. about like you should go get her or something and you come after me and I run out of the church at the same time and we ride off together to no doubt and um I never really wanted to reboot Sabrina mainly because I think that is such a perfect ending yeah that I honestly think you can't you can't have a more perfect ending where it's like happily ever after it feels very princessy you know it feels very like sure. a magical ending to a magical show yeah so that's one of the big reasons I would never want to go back and well, revisit it. What if Sabrina but what you... and Harvey had a magical I, I see it in all the Instagram and Twitter comments. That's yeah. the big, yeah, why? We uh, have a child who's It would be magical. fun, but it would be completely different. It would be very different. It would different. have to be. But you isn't know, that the fun? People mm -hmm. love a reboot idea, not as much as they love the reboot. I feel like it's like, you know, the anticipation of walking through the gates of Disney World is not nearly as exciting as 
when you're actually in there and the kids are crying and someone needs to use the bathroom and you're waiting online and then, you know, that you get a headache from too much candy and, you know, it's like the anticipation of it is better than the actual event and then you're disappointed. Like the last episode of Game of Thrones or the last episode of a lot of shows and sometimes the reboots can let people down and I don't really want to, I feel like we wrapped it up perfectly. Another argument for it that I've heard a lot is uh, that there was a, there were strong moral uh, messages Mm -hmm. that, don't exist in very many, if any, shows. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Nev true. Campbell was talking about it at the 90s con yeah. uh, about Party of Five, same thing. They had yeah. real strong moral lessons inside, uh, and ours was masked with humor. And, yes, and because uh, it was a family-friendly show. My mom had created it to be a show that adults, because she was sick of not being able to watch shows with her kids, so she wanted to create something that adults could sit down and watch with their children. And where you'd have a, a jokes for adults, but also jokes for the children. And, you know, some people love the cat. Some people hate the cat. Some people um, love the end. Some people hate the end. Some people loved Harvey. Some people loved Josh. You know, it was like. And the casting went along with that. You know, uh, cast of Cheers, Barbara yeah. Eaton. Yeah, yeah. Who was whispering dirty jokes in my ear. Uh, during. <laughs> ooh, ooh. She follows me on Instagram. She was awesome. I love Barbara Eaton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we had You're Raquel. Blushing. What did she uh, yeah, say am I turning you? redder than I usually am? <laughs> a little bit. A little oh, tomato. It's a good contrast. With the light blue. <laughs> it really isn't it? Showing up it there. really shows up. Now let's mix it up just a little bit and let's hear from Melissa's mom, Mama Hart, Paula Hart, about the creation of Sabrina. Walking through the parking lot, PS forty one, or it wasn't the parking lot. It was actually the schoolyard, and somebody handed me, a friend of Emily's. Uh, mother handed me a comic book that was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I had never seen this comic book before, but I was very familiar with Archie and Jughead and Mm -hmm. all the other Archie comic book uh, comics. But Sabrina was um, a very minor character, and there was only one comic book published a year around Halloween. So when I made the original deal for Sabrina, it wasn't a deal for a TV series. Mm -hmm. It was for a series of movies. So we were going to do three movies for Showtime. But we did the first one, and it did huge numbers. It aired uh, right before Thanksgiving. No, Easter. Sorry, wrong holiday. Right before Easter. And uh, it it was the highest family film that Showtime had ever had. Well, and the whole time you were doing, um, you were telling them, like, this would be a great series, guys. This would be a great series, guys. And they're like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when you went in the editing room. We cut uh, a three-minute videotape, VHS tape, that I carried around to the auditions. And... The thing is with the auditions, uh, not auditions, the, uh, the uh, pitch meetings, the pitch meetings, uh, Melissa went to LA. I remember you going, I'm going to LA to pitch the Sabrina show. I was like, yeah, good luck. She's a dreamer. <laughs> well, but I had CAA behind us. So Melissa was doing all these, these public appearances for CAA, uh, for CAA, for Nickelodeon. And I get this call. Some agent from CAA wants to meet with us while we're out in LA once. And CAA if you don't know, is huge. Like At the time agency. it was the, the largest agency. Right. And it's, yeah, they they want to come see us. Yeah, sure. Okay, we're going to be in trailer number, you know, four. Come and come and find me. Sure enough, David Tenzer came to find me. Who we still work with. Mm-hmm. He is our, our attorney, but we've been with David Tenzer many years. But he came knocking on the door and he said, "Yeah, I really want to rep you guys." So they were very instrumental in uh, helping us sell, package and sell the pa- show. They package the show, and make for it us. a franchise. Yeah, uh, I mean. Go ahead. Give the list of stats that you love to give. Oh, well, we did uh, 163 episodes of the series, uh, three TV movies, uh, 
two video games, sneakers, ice cream cones. Good humor had a animation show. We did an, 65 episodes. 65 episodes of the animated show. Uh, I mean, that just it became a little books. Yes, yeah, books, hair things. But we did 250 titles of books for Scholastic. It is still to date the uh, largest number of titles for one series. Wow. In, in books. And like nobody and really nobody knows that she's the power. Everyone thinks that, you know, this came from somewhere and my acting made this all happen or something. But um, she not only got the rights, not only made the movie, not only sold it as a series, but hired every cast. When I said I wanted Debbie Harry on the show or I wanted the Violent Femmes or that she got them like she was booking talent. She was ha handling the auditions. She was approving the wardrobe. She was doing the editing. I mean, wow. You know, the every music, every right of all the music, hiring all the writers. Um, yeah. All the, the music directors. was a big deal to you. So people that watch it nowadays hear different music because. Tell them because that so our budgets were somewhat limited. Right. And the music to uh, to license the music in perpetuity, which is what they like you to do for anything. Anything, really. Now uh, you have to, I feel like. It, it's huge, huge uh, right. uh, dollar amounts. So, but I mean, if you remember the show, we had. Insane. Christina Aguilera. We had um, we had songs Britney from No Spears. Doubt. We had, I mean, and then and then the old timers too. Like we had some older music. Johnny Mathis did a Christmas episode. Yeah. Uh -huh. So those songs are very costly. So if you want to have those songs on, how many times did they get to play? They get to play for two years. Are and you that's serious? It. And that was it. And then that's why the show song, never went to DVD for a very long, very time. long time because all of the music had to be remastered. Every single episode. All the music was replaced. So for those of you, Matt, out there, the, um, it didn't get to DVD fast enough for you. Blame her. <laughs> it's all well, your fault. But, but if I you like the show, blame her. But at the time, you're not thinking about those things. You're thinking, like, right well, who, now. Who knew how long it was going to last? Right. And would it be a hit? Would it take off? And it clearly And you did. want it to be the best it can be out of the gate. You know, right. you don't want to. Yeah, you're not really a TV show. You're not really. Th back then, you're not really thinking about the longevity of these things. Maybe they end up on Nick at Night or something back then. Nowadays, with streamers and TiVo and, you know, all that. I mean, we didn't even think about DVDs back then. I was no. getting VHS copies to take home. Right. That you so, never watched. That I never watched, as we've, yes, we've established. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll have to do a Sabrina. So we episode. do have to talk about something that has come up in almost every episode of this podcast, and that is the cat. <laughs> we understand this cat, Salem, right? That was his Yeah, name. Chris Kirkpatrick had a, he remembers the Justin torturing the torturing cat. Torturing the cat. Mm -hmm. Yes, the cat. Uh, Not the real cat. Justin didn't torture a cat. I don't want to make no. it sound like he's a, no, no, no. <laughs> he's he, an animal he's abuse. He's cat, people. <laughs> yes, fake cat. Fake he cat. Was, he was playing with it, and this thing cost $250,000. Oh, so oh like, I thought it was one fifty. Okay, I was way off. No, it was two fifty, And we had... We had a sitting up cat and a laying down cat. So you, they were, so it was two different animatronics. Where do you get an animatronic made? So there were places that uh, we went to people like Jim Henson. Mm -hmm. We went to a number of different places and we found a place in, uh, in LA that did animatronics and he had several different, there, there were many different cats because <laughs> after the first year, each season you can see the cat change well, a little but, bit. But <laughs> let, let's explain. So for the movie version, for the, the launch of it, it was kind of the pilot movie that we shot up in Canada. We only had a live cat. Okay. And we animated his mouth. But the cat had to sit perfectly still, and the mouth just went like this, right? So I was told, after, and if you look at it, he had a British accent. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember who the voiceover actor yeah. was for that. Interesting. So once we went to the series, I was given the choice. Either we could use a live cat, and he would have three lines per episode, or we could do a puppet cat, 
where you could do whatever you wanted. Three to do. lines an episode. Can you three imagine? Three lines that? an episode. He wouldn't that, be a very big character. No, he would have been. It a would very be a one liner. He'd be running through the room with a one liner. You probably wouldn't even have had to animate his mouth because he could literally could have just run. Just through. ran and put it over him like we did a lot of times with yeah. the live cat. Yeah. But uh, we decided to go with the with the puppet cat, and the puppet cat then didn't look. The first time it looked kind of like a drowned rat, you know, yeah. so, and we weren't really happy with that one. And uh, and then, so and then the show kept going. So we the got show more kept, money. Yes, as the uh, the budgets increased, they were we were able to build a better and better cat. Uh, and then when we did Sabrina Down Under, we needed a, a love interest for Salem, so we built a. Oh, we forgot about that. We built a white cat um but the people who did babe in australia built that cat oh so it's actually a better i thought it was a better puppet oh really yeah i thought they did a better a better job but well they said cat so jim henson pa- passed because they passed on it because they said it's too hard to uh to do a cat to, to do a cat they a dog is much simpler because cat has so many like muscles too in many its face mm-hmm. so they yeah, like with our cat you had um uh maury was always under our table or couch or whatever the cat was sitting on Maury was underneath there, and she would just control the body and the tail. She had two handles. And somebody else was doing and the face. The and then there's two other guys, Tom and Jim, with remote controls, almost like little game controls. For eyes and ears. And, uh, oh, well, so word. one of them did, like, the mouth and the cheeks and the chin? Or the mouth, the it cheeks. Was just this section. And here. the nose. And then one did, like, eyes, eyebrows, and ears. And so they all had to work together to make this thing. You know, it was true puppetry in a way of, like, this choreography of what they had to do for them. And then we had the live cats. We had like 16 live cats. And then we had what we called stuffy. So we had a, a, <laughs> a standing up stuffy and a sitting down, like laying down and sitting up. And Stuffy's what we used to rehearse, but Stuffy's also what we used when, like, there's some scenes where he's, like, fighting something behind the couch and, like, he's being thrown up in the air. So that's Stuffy. <laughs> or I think he's being dragged behind a car and that's Stuffy. Like, so Stuffy was the one we basically abused, but he was what we rehearsed with. And then the animatronics the same laying down sitting up but uh you know so we might have like the live cat people always ask this question they just cannot figure out how it works but like the live and, and directors didn't know how it works which no. is why i started directing because the cat was the most difficult part you know you'd be like okay the cat real cat would run in kathy our cat trainer would like beep 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 over here with the food oh, right and we always had to cover up those beeps the beeps were a big in problem post, post. post-production it was always a pain in the you neck you hear that beep 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 while you're saying your lines you try not to talk over the beeps but you never know when she was going to beep it the cat's running in and jumps up on the table then we cut to the close-up of the cat and now it's the puppet you know that but you thing. couldn't do them one to one so you would cut to something else and then you would cut to the the, the cat because, so there was time. Yeah, because if you went from the live cat to the puppet cat, it was so, it's so obvious. Jarring. Yes. You could go from a really wide. Really wide. Of yes. the cat, like so now does running it. Stuffy like live on the back of your sofa somewhere? You know, I don't know why I, I don't, don't have Stuffy. Of all the things I've stolen, some of them are behind me if you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> some of the stuff I've stolen from sets is behind me. But um or we'll bring in we'll have we'll have some new stuff coming in soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I it's I I take something from every set, and for some reason, I don't have Stuffy. Stuffy was always pretty beat up, though. Yeah, he Stuffy got, wasn't something we like really he got took care of. Run over by a car. I mean, many, he did many times. get run over quite a few times. Yeah. Remember, we had the cat drive a fire truck. He always drove like vehicles too. And we dressed him. Oh, the most fun that the, the costume department had was <laughs> they building the costumes the for him. <laughs> they building the costumes for the cat. You know how costumes. people love to put their pets in outfits. Do you put your pets in outfits, Amanda? Uh, occasionally, the dog will get in an outfit. The girls dress the cat in much oh. to her dismay all the time. But yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like it's a small amount of torture, but, you know, once in a while, for a Halloween costume, it's got to happen. Hillary loves to dress my dog. 
Hillary will show our friend Hillary. It's our good friend. Will yeah. show up at my house with costumes for my dog. That makes sense. <laughs> and she'll just go in another room, and all She's of a sudden, crafty. Sunday runs through. The last one was an ice cream Sunday, like a banana split. Oh. <laughs> so she just runs through the room, and I'm like, "What is, is she wearing? Ice cream?" And Hillary's just like, hey, "Sunday's wearing Hillary a Sunday." Hillary would like work, working in the costume department. Oh, she would. Yeah, our costume She'd be great department at had it some fun. I mean, we got to do some crazy stuff. So now Salem lives in a museum. Is that correct? Yes. The Atlanta Puppetry Museum? Yes. Puppetry Art. The Puppetry Art Museum wait, in Atlanta. So we had this argument with Chris. Yes, he was in the Smithsonian. Oh, she I watched that okay. episode. Okay, okay good. <laughs> Mom's she knew a fan, where I was going. Amanda. Mom's a fan. I'm so glad. Yes. Um, if your mom wasn't only... a fan, we're doing it wrong. Yeah, this might be really. the only thing of mine she's ever watched. I'm <laughs> just, just kidding. She watched created it. She definitely watched it. You know it. how, when I edit her stuff, how many times I have to see her do the same thing over, over and, and over. over. Well, let's oh. talk. So now we'll get to the villain of this story, Libby, played by Jenna Lee Green, one of Melissa's great friends. And this is actually one of my favorite interviews we've done. We have to, of course, talk about Sabrina. And then we'll get into, I wanted to talk all about your musical career. But it's so funny, like preparing for this today, I was kind of like, I feel like I've already interviewed you a million times only because we've done so many panels at Comic-Cons. Yeah, that's true. And we even did one just a few weeks ago, like in Wales. It wasn't that long ago. We did, we've done a few this year. Yeah. I feel like we've done... I, I feel like I've asked you, like, I've heard you answer so many questions about our show <laughs> and about your favorite memory, your favorite episode, your favorite guest star. Right. So I'm like, I... Now the challenge is new questions. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I guess we should kind of give the fans at home a little taste of what they do always ask. So what's the question you always get asked? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I suppose, like, the, the main questions was everybody always wants to know, like, was it fun to play the mean girl? Which... It, Honestly, that's such a simple answer, because if you think about it, who wouldn't want to go to work every day and actually be paid to say, you know, mean things and, and you know, kind of be nasty, get it out of your system. And then everybody laughs and smiles and hugs and, you know, goes out for dinner afterwards. Oh, I would love it. Was, it. It's therapeutic, yeah, I guess. Yes. <laughs> it, was the, it was absolutely the best. But I do feel like it does stick with you because people expect you to be kind of nasty in real life they've never seen you be anything else yeah i mean they have but like are they disappointed when you're not like ew (laughs) no i mean i think people are really surprised but um people will always you know you do the same melissa you do like the cameo thing yeah sometimes you know i I can't tell you how many people they just want me to be libby they want me to roast someone or that's so funny. I, well, yeah, everybody always wants me to put magic spells on people and stuff. So Cameo, for those that don't know, is an app where you can go and, like, request celebrities to make a video, a personal video for you. So they put in, like, information. Actually, I was looking for one for my son for his birthday. I was trying to find a Stranger Things actor oh, to do one for oh, him. Oh, is, is anyone on there from Stranger Things? Actually, I might have forgotten a look because I think I thought I was going to do it, and then I never did it. So now I'm reminding myself that I didn't do it. Um, I, I bet somebody is. You could do that. I, well, he really wants Millie Bobby Brown, but oh, I, there's I no not. way getting her. <laughs> yeah, I think she's yeah. a tough one. But like Sean Astin's on there and he makes a killing on there. People love Sean and love to like get videos from him. And he does long ones and he gets very colorful with his sentiments. And, you know, I, but I do. I, I like doing the cameos. You reminded me I have a few I have to do because you only get like six days to do them. And oh. I only try to do them when I have makeup on because as girls, it's a little harder. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. I Every once in a while, do you ever get, um, I, I feel like I get an email from them being like, hey, how can we improve the app? Do you have any suggestions? And I'm all like, yes, filters, <laughs> filters. Please. 
I've said from the beginning, yeah. I'm like, I'm not coming on until you do filters. And then, of course, I did. But it's like, it takes me forever to do it because I wait till I have makeup on. And then I, like, take the makeup off and I go, oh, I had some cameos I should have done. And No, 100%. It's always, I always feel like guys have it so much easier. They like, do. They don't have to think about that. They're they just can't. like, oh, great. I got this thing I got to record. Okay, great. Here, I'm talking, talking, talking. Yeah. Great. Happy birthday. We have to and find good us- lighting. We have to do our hair. Yeah. We got to pluck our eyebrows. We got to do stuff, guys. We got to floss. Like, a- we got to do it all. Body admin. I got to admit. <sighs> There's a lot of people on there that I've, you know, when I first joined it, I kind of scrolled through a lot to let, see what people were doing and how it all worked. And I was kind of judgy. I was like, wow, <laughs> this, this person does not care. <laughs> wow. I don't want to be that person. See that. Yeah. She knows. But then some people, like, I try not to do them in my car, but if I'm running late on one, I'll do it in the car because I feel like that's not personal. Like, I want to find good lighting and a pretty better. background. Car lighting is good sometimes, but I hate having like the seatbelt on or, or traffic going by. But or if you didn't have your seatbelt on, then you get the comment. Yeah, she's not she's wearing a seatbelt. She's not wearing her seatbelt. Are you driving? Well, I mean, I don't drive, so I do drive, but just not. Are your cars dirty, or what are you driving, or why are you? Yeah, so everybody's got a comment. Everybody's got a comment. Everybody's <laughs> offended. Um, so what's your favorite episode that we did? Like, to, what was your favorite um, episode to film? I guess I should ask. I honestly. It's always the same. I I loved the Geek Like Me episode so much. Yes, yes, yes. This was like Honestly, first season. First season. It was like the third or fourth episode. You know what the brain can really tell us? Really early on. The brain, what the season is uh, with Geek Like Me. Um, geek this was Like a, Me. A big episode with Paul Feig, who mm-hmm. went on to direct Bridesmaids. He's a huge director now. He directs huge comedies. Um, he was in a show called Freaks and Geeks, or he created the show Fre- Freaks and Geeks, right? Um, but he was on, he now, played Mr. Poole. So many things. Yeah, so many things. Oh, I loved him. I but loved he played him. Mr. Poole for one or two seasons? Oh, season one, episode nine. Yes, it was episode early nine. on. Okay. It was early yeah. on. My ex-boyfriend is in a lot of that episode, too. James. Yeah, Very tall, James. gawky guy. Yeah, he. Uh, we put some glasses on him and um, and had him be in that scene. We had a lot of our stand-ins, I think, in the in those scenes and stuff in the school. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Mr. Um, Feig, Mr. Uh, Paul Feig, Mr. Poole, Mr. was in that one heavy and Curtis Anderson had a lot to do in Curtis that Anderson. episode. Is Gordy? Yep. It was just fun. It was really, really fun. And I think that that was the first episode. So I guess nine episodes in where I got to do something a little bit different because you know we you you magically turned me into a nerd, which I of course then the nerds revolt and become the cool ones. But it was just fun. There was a lot of physical comedy. It on and me. I tried to turn. So all no into, matter what, I, Libby is. Oh, She's no always on top. She knows how to win, for sure. Yeah. Sabrina never did. That's why, like, it's funny that you said that because when you were saying how fun it was to play Libby, I'm like, I've always kind of complained that Sabrina wasn't really someone I identified with because she just wanted to fade into the background. She just wanted to be the wallflower. She just wanted to, like, everything be okay, everything be nice, everything be fixed. And she was always trying to solve problems that she created with accidentally with her magic or the cat created or whatever. And I never, I feel like I never got to be like really goofy, fun. Like that's why I like the pancake episode. Pancake mm-hmm. Madness is my favorite episode because I got to be a little over the top and a little in my own head and and have some fun with that. But um, but yeah, like even like this episode, I think I'm the only one that's like the center of the tornado and everybody else is tornadoing around me and I'm like the eye of the tornado. I, okay, I hear you on that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say this and it's a little compliment. Um, it is such a honestly, the hardest thing to do in these types of shows or these types of situations or whatever it may be, like being the straight guy 
Mm. When there's so much going on around you with these characters that are big and flashy or, you know, whatever it is, it is an art form to actually hold down the fort and just be kind of like, I mean, I, I feel like that's an, an old term of being like the straight guy, but yeah. like a lot of people can't do it. You'll, you'll morph towards something else or you'll be way too big or, but having that balance when everything around you is chaos, like that's, that's truly an art oh, form. Thanks. I well, I always say what's, what, uh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, I hadn't really considered myself the straight guy, but you're right. That's what I was. And I yeah. and it's funny because I always said that what saved me was that Sabrina wasn't just Sabrina in every episode. There was always a character I was stepping into. So Oh yeah. Whether it was Cinderella or I was strangling you into a water fountain during a fashion show or I was, <laughs> you know, Alice in Wonderland or whatever I was, like I got to break out and do some other things. So it never for seven years it didn't feel super stagnant. Because I think that oh, would have yeah. if it was any other show. Think of yourself this sure. way. You're the Jerry Seinfeld. You're the anchor. Of your world. <laughs> that, Amanda, that's, I couldn't find that word, but that is exactly what it is. She was the anchor of it when everything around her was like swirling. Which is hilarious. I never really thought about that. Then when I got my next show, Melissa and Joey, and I created that show, I was like, I do not want to be. I need mm -hmm. to be the, the the tornado. I need to be the one causing destruction and being stupid funny. And like, I but was like, fair enough. I do not want to do that again. Like, I was like, I will not be the straight man again. But yeah, yeah so that's like, now I'm like, Anytime I'm creating something, I want to. I'm like, or looking at a project, I'm like, I don't want to be the one that's like, hey, guys, it'll be okay. <laughs> I Why got so are you like this? What's going on? What is so? What is um, like, what is like one of your best memories from being on set? Oh gosh, I mean, we were so young. You had had, I mean, obviously you'd done Clarissa before and so much other stuff. And I had been, I mean, according to Wikipedia, yeah. <laughs> I was acting for a long time. But, you know, I was very shy as a kid. I think being a twin is, is a weird thing. I'm sure, Amanda, what I'm saying is probably going to ring true to you and what you've noticed with your kids. But being a twin, it's like, it was almost as if you never had your own identity, the girls are here. The girls this. I mean, our names were Jennifer and Jessica, and I swear even family members couldn't get it right. Mm. Jennifer, Jenica, like, it was always, so it just became the girls. And my sister actually had such a boisterous, like, very energetic personality. And I did kind of fade back a little bit. I always let her kind of take the lead. And I loved, you know, I would tag along and, and follow her lead. But I wasn't really, people think of actors all the time as though we're just these, you know, loud, notice me, notice me, let me sing and dance for you. And that's not the case a lot of times in your real life where a lot of times we, we um, kind of get involved with acting because it is a cool thing where you're, you're getting to do something where you aren't yourself. Right. That's so true. you get to like break it down, like you get to kind of break out of your kind of introvert person to pull yeah. out that extrovert but it's not but it's not you it's someone else so it's okay you get to become someone else and I think that's what appealed to me I loved the fact that I could you know read these lines and 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 play these parts and I could totally be somebody else for a day not that I didn't like who I was it was just fun and I really you know fell into it and so, but I still was, you know, later teens before I started doing it professionally. I grew up in Southern California. So luckily there was a lot available to me theater wise. There was great theaters in, you know, my, the Ventura County area that I grew up in Los Angeles. And so I, I always kind of worked and worked and worked and did it, but Sabrina was really like my college. Mm -hmm. So many people mm -hmm. go to college to study acting, to study yeah. theater, to study, you know, film and TV, whatever it may be. That 
kind of was it for me. So I learned so much. You learned on, on the job. Set. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I and learned... it was a good set to learn on. We had some, it... I mean, not only did we have, we always talk about the amazing guest stars and the amazing opportunities, but the fact that we knew we were, we had job security for a few years and, you know, that we knew we were going through a fourth mm-hmm. season when we were in yeah, the second season. I remember auditioning oh, for it. I already knew that the show had been picked up for a season. So the the nerves and everything that went into yeah we didn't do a pilot right we I was thinking about no. that I'm like I don't I should know this but it's been so long now like we didn't do a pilot so no no you just I, went I into knew, like here's a series wow yeah I knew going into the into the auditioning process that if I got the job it was going to at least be a season's worth of work which was mind blowing it's so rare that those things happen like it's so rare you don't do a pilot and wait 6 months to find out if you have a show and then mm-hmm. it's so rare that you know you have a back end it's so rare to know you have another season ahead and we got like blessing after blessing of like you guys get another season now we're going to give you two seasons now you know and it was like yeah wait, what? oh we're not doing you know 13 we're doing 21 yeah like it was just oh and then there was the year there was a writer strike looming and they were like we're actually going to do like 28 this season so we we oh, popped a few there. more on it. Wow. <laughs> i think <laughs> I so i think it was like I, the ver- I think it was like the fourth season or so i just remember they were like yeah. we got to we got to do a few more remember we did like were you there when we did like bottle episodes? Like we would do on Fridays, we'd add a little, we'd add a scene or two. And all of a sudden after like 12 weeks, we'd have another episode done. Like they would add just like little scenes. It's actually a way to screw the crew over so you don't have to pay them because sure. they're already on set and you're just yeah. filming along. Actors luckily have, di- and directors have different contracts. So we get paid per episode, whereas the crew gets paid per hour. So yeah, per hour. basically they're not paying for the crew or the soundstage for an extra week or two, but you get two extra mm-hmm. episodes done at the end of the year. So yeah, so, they're banking it. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's um, one of the ways the networks really screw you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, um, for me, I think that I had heard, as you all do, like being a young actor in, in, in LA, you hear horror stories, you hear about, you know, huge personalities and, and people, you know, oh, this show, oh, I love this show. Oh, did you know that everybody hated each other? You know, you hear yeah. these stories about sets and casts where they're like, oh, they're best friends. No, they're not. But yeah. that really was the case. Like we all, everybody was kind and we nice and fun. We were and friends. we all got along. We, we were fun. all really good friends. You had just moved to LA to do the show. Oh, yeah. And I had really just moved, like where I grew up is a solid 45 minutes from the city without traffic. So I actually had to move closer to the city because it was too far to commute. So I didn't have a ton of friends yeah, yet yeah. in that area. So we really I were- I think Nate too, didn't Nate come from? Yeah, I think he- Nate he, got an I apartment he, around the corner from mine, I think. I, we all kind of lived near each other. And, and then at, we were at all one at point I moved and you and I lived on the same block. Oh yeah. Like, apart, like yeah. a couple apartment buildings down from each other. And we just had like- yeah, and we would like do stuff on. We get done so late on Friday nights, but if we didn't, we'd go shoot pool or we'd go do something. There was some, uh, like it was. We were young and we didn't. It was our college years, you know. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. let's go home and go to bed. No, it was like let's go. What are we doing, guys? The bars close at one yeah, thirty. What can we do? And last but not least, we have Aunt Zelda, one of our favorites, Beth Broderick, and uh, we have a few surprises in this one for you. Maybe some content you haven't heard before. What is your fondest memory of being on set? Can you pick one? Oh my gosh, there's so many. There's so many. We just laughed so hard. So hard. So much. There were times when we laughed so hard that we cried all our makeup off and had to go (laughs) back to the makeup room and and pull it back together. It was, um, you know, there were, of course it was hard work, which you can't really see when you watch it, but we were there 15, 16 hours a day sometimes. It was long days, long Long weeks. Long days, long days, but, but. 
it was so much fun. And I remember that that animatronic cat, that darn cat. <laughs> it just became real to me. People would be like, "Why are you petting that cat?" Like <laughs> she would just stand there and pet it. Caroline would I be like, "Pet it." You just you know like it. Props become real to me. Like a phone's in my hand. I'm like, uh, you know, like you just keep talking. You're on so it, method. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's very method. Yeah. But I mean, we had so much fun. What's your favorite memory of it? Oh, gosh. You know, it's so funny, though, because there's so many memories. Like, I remember when when bad things were happening behind the scenes, not like like in my personal life, like my dog died or a uh, boyfriend broke up with me or whatever. But I remember the costumes. Like, mm. as much as I can't remember the storylines of shows, I do remember the costumes. What you were wearing when? Yeah. So when <laughs> people are like, how was the show? I'm like, oh, well, I loved being Cyrano and I loved being the uh, the acrobat or, you know, the Cirque du Soleil character or Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. or the baby doll. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I always say this, Beth, but like we didn't we didn't watch the shows on Friday nights because we were working. So we don't remember them. We never shot them in order. We read them in order one time through. <laughs> that was about yeah. it. We did our run throughs in order, I guess. So maybe three times a week we'd hear it in order, but we'd shoot it out of order and then forget it and move on to the next one the next week. So it wasn't like well, yeah, because we were so, you know, there was so much material all the time, especially for you, but for all of us to learn. I personally think that. Aunt Zelda had the best costuming, the best wardrobe. Thank you. I always loved everything you wore. I hope you took all of that home. I, you know, I still have some of it, and believe it or not, I can still wear some of it. She still got Uh, the exact same body. What's it like to be God's favorite? Yeah. (laughs) This is a this is an Aunt Zelda necklace. Oh my god! Nice. I didn't keep any of the jewelry. Close to me all the time. But yeah, I was privileged to wear really great stuff. And, it was uh, just always beautiful. You were trendy but classic. It was a, it was a good look. She was the scientist too. There's been yeah, there's been people coming up to her beauty. at like Comic Cons now. I mean, obviously fans have always come up to us, but these Comic Cons, you get this like over the top amount of attention about, especially Sabrina, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as we've done tons of other things, but people want to talk about Sabrina all the time. And mm-hmm. um, but Beth, what what are some of the things people say to you at these Comic Cons? girl come up to me at the last one and she said and this happens constantly she said i just want you to know that that uh i'm an astrophysicist and that lady over there my best friend she's a nuclear physicist what? and we went into science because we grew up watching you and you convinced us that girls could be attractive and super smart and you know so we are scientists i mean have people i had a girl in liverpool come up to me and say yeah. the same thing She's like, I'm yes. a scientist wow. who watched you growing up and it yeah. convinced me to go into the sciences. So that's like, wow, that's so, yeah. it's so cool. That's you know? that's a little bit cooler than people that come up to me and go, I went into witchcraft because of you. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no, wait, wait, no. Wait. Although, you know, what's so funny. Oh, listen, I, did I tell you I saw the couple that got engaged in, with us? Oh, at, really? At, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were there at the last 90s con. Oh, at the so last 90s guy, con. Yeah. They just, did they actually get married? They're getting married in September. Okay. So he comes, this Ooh. young man comes up to me and he's like very shaken and very nervy and really freaking out. And Melissa's always looking over going, what is going on in your booth? So he's like, can I need your help? I need your help. I want to ask her, but, but I, 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 she loves you. Can I do it here? And I was like, okay. So <laughs> what I, are you going to ask? Can you bring that woman in here? So she comes in. And he gets down on one knee. I immediately start to cry. Melissa looks over. She's like, what? 
I'm like, we're getting married. Getting married. She just like runs over so that we, she can participate. It was so sweet. It was so funny. I Yeah, I think at first I was like, uh, he's getting down in front of Beth. She's crying. I don't know what's going on. Is, is Beth getting engaged right now? I think I was thinking it was a little something a little stranger than that. <laughs> well... She like runs over, like we, you know, we were there, we were there witnesses. It was so cute. Yeah. And so they came up to me and they said, you know, we haven't killed each other yet. And it's going to be in September. And I was like, oh, it's so great. Yeah. So I'm happy to see them. They're doing fine. That's super cute. That's exciting. Yeah. We do have some fans that are repeat. Uh, yes. People that at the Comic Cons that come back every time. Some of them message me oh, now because of my. Friends, oh, yeah. You know? them are really interesting people you know with this very serious jobs and this is how they blow off steam no no it's interesting you know <clears throat> everything's kind of the same i would say from like 35 to 58 you're like eh, i feel exactly the same and then at 58 you're like wait a minute hold on there's somebody <laughs> sitting in the corner with a big 60 sign on her head you know, <laughs> you know oh no and so you start to look at like, it, it, it's not that you feel so different, but you start to feel differently about your life. Mm. And it's not a terrible thing. It's actually really fun. It's great to be older. I mean, I loved being in my 40s. I love being in my 50s. But 60s is awesome. Yeah. So it's not something to be afraid of, but it's definitely different. That's you good know? to know. Next year, I can fill out the paperwork. <laughs> Yeah, paperwork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next year you got it. Yeah. Next year it's uh, what AARP mm -hmm. year, huh? Discount yeah, time. No, no, AARP starts at fifty five. I hate to tell oh. you that. Oh, what's sixty five? Yeah, Medicare. Medicare. With, with, what is it? Uh, with newsletters at fifty five. Oh, but sixty five is when you get medical. Sixty five is when the government gets involved. But that's you when get you get like discount air. ski lift tickets and like you get into Costco early. Like you get the oh, good yeah, benefits, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a store here called Bristol Farms, which is very oh, yeah. fancy, though. Yes, very fancy. And on Tuesdays, they have a I think twenty percent off for people over sixty two. The places run amok. I mean, <laughs> oh, like, oh, that must be like ripe dating area. I was gonna say that sounds like a cattle <laughs> like, call. That's <laughs> like a, that's a little like dating like arena, right? Like who's got the money to come into Bristol Farms and hanging out here right. at this certain? <laughs> Who age? needs an app? It's Tuesday <laughs> right? at the grocery. <laughs> This one's got three little ones, including twins. So, oh wow, yeah. they're fun. Yeah. So you guys, so we're so Beth and I are going to the Tampa '90s Con in September. Mm -hmm. So you'll have to come. You have I'm, to come I'm with. Pack myself in the suitcase. And pack come myself. Home. Pack yourself in my Southwest suitcase. I get fun. two for free. It's, it's wild, right. but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I have a girl in my building, Melissa. I live in an apartment building in Los Angeles now because I don't really, don't really want to garden and do all the stuff that involved in owning a home. And this young woman has four children under the age of five. Ooh, wow. In a two-bedroom apartment. So I don't even know how that's possible, but she's the sweetest person, and the kids are amazing. It's oh, my just, gosh. You have uh, to offer to babysit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although you might talk about a heart attack. There's four of them under the age of five. I don't know if I could. Just say you'll take two. <laughs> I had three, three and under there for a minute, wow. and that was... A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just go take her some coffee sometime and be like, hey, go take a shower. You're a I'll great make cook. sure they're alive. Just go, just oh, go cook them a just... meal and slide it under the door. <laughs> hey, I, I know do. you like I take over, dinner. like, you know, because I'm always cooking. So I take over like cookies and treats Aww. and stuff. So I'm their favorite new person of all. Beth, that's, they, Beth's a caretaker. She likes to take care of everybody. Oh, me too. So. I, my, mm -hmm. I, I feed people and 
That's yeah. yeah that's, your, that's your love language. Beth, do you know what your love language is? It's probably gift giving. Yeah. Oh, I, you- I, I, it's, it's knowing, you know, like I'm super, I'm super observant. So if you've ever been to my house and you asked for a tonic water, then there will always forever after be that at my house. You will never, you oh, know what I mean? Wow. Like whatever, I know what people Oh, that's mention. so lovely. I, I, I'm listening. Like Melissa yeah. said, I'm really listening to who You're you are thoughtful. and what you think. She, I, she's a good yeah. listener. Do you take notes on people? No. no? <laughs> I Just I, mental I, ones. I mean, I do in my mind, yeah. you yeah. know. I, well, I have to physically do it. I'm way too ADHD to remember. <laughs> you do that? Yeah, I legitimately, in my notes on my phone, I have like threads of things about people that I want to remember. That's so, so things they said they liked or their birthdays, if they've mentioned it and I haven't put it on a calendar yet, or like, especially coming up on Christmas or things like that. I'm like, you're taking I, little I mean, notes. I have like a gift, like note for everybody that I just like add people. Yeah. In if there's an idea that comes up. I don't, but I have so many of those notes that like I'll get lost. I'll be like gifts today, gifts for this, gifts for yeah. Christmas gifts. And I'm like, oh man, I have too many. I don't know where I put well, it. Well, it's not just gifts. It's like little personality traits that I see in people that I'm like, oh, you know, they really yeah. enjoy when yeah. we talk about this. So yeah. I'll write that down. Because otherwise, how do you remember? Yeah. That's good thinking. Well, and also, you know, you don't, it, it doesn't always need to be a gift. It can be a little card, a little note, yes. you know, just speaking of you. Just letting people know that you're thinking of them and that you understand, you know, maybe what they're going through. If you know they're going through something, I think all of that is really. I am a big helpful. card person. I, my kids get so mad at me. There's always cards sitting on the kitchen table with a pen or different different colored pens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sign mm-hmm. the card, sign the card. Like before I went to Ottawa, I was like, there's like five birthdays coming up end of April, early May. I'm going to need to send these all out. Sign it now. This is Aunt Trisha. This is your cousin. This, this is your cousin. You know, this is for this one. Someone's graduating. I need you to sign all these cards right now now because I love to send cards out but I also have such a massive family that most of the time it just pertains to my family it doesn't really I mean yeah. beyond that yeah, there's a lot of birthdays to remember just in your family alone. yeah oh wait that's one of the one of the things you taught me that has worked so well are my orchids mm-hmm. she has taught me how to properly water an orchid how do we do this they all come back now I've never had an orchid come back I've had sticks sitting in my house for years and I finally, she taught me the proper way. Tell, tell, tell us the proper way to water an orchid, Beth. Well, one thing, most people overwater their orchids, okay? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to water them until they're actually dry. And you never want to, to, orchids don't want to sit in water. So you want to take them out, you know, of the big vase and water beneath the leaves. Don't, wet, don't get the leaves wet. So you want to water beneath the leaves. And then you take orchid food and feed the leaves with food and with the the, the, um, the potting mix that they're planted in. So, so it's like every 10 days, you want to take them and water them beneath the leaves. Don't soak the leaves and make sure that they drain properly before you put them back. That's the whole thing. I always take them out of the little pot, put them in my sink, flush it through. Mm-hmm. It goes out the bottom and then stick it back in the pot later on. And right. I'm telling you, right. I have one right now that's budding like four blooms on it right now that's just been sitting in my window. That's amazing. Yeah, it blooms like two, three times a year. Okay. I know, yeah, I'm so, so excited. So many people do not know how to keep their orchids alive or they get one for a gift and they just throw it away because they don't think it's they're, they're ever going to be able to. I always I keep them. 
I wrote a blog about it. I wrote a like you know, I need, and it was called "I'm going to need you to stop doing that." About doing <laughs> <to> their plants. <laughs> I overwater. I'm an overwaterer. That's why when I was gone, I was like, okay, I know my husband can take care of the kids. He knows the schedule. He is the one that feeds them. He understands the laundry, the whole thing. I'm like, what I'm worried about are my plants. And he's like, look, you overwater them, so they'll be fine while you're gone. I babysat a plant for you. I should have brought it today, actually, <laughs> that my sister has for you that was a birthday gift. And I was like, I'm not giving it to her until she gets back from Canada. <laughs> It'll die. I know. I always used to put ice cubes in my orchids because that's what I was taught. No. Never like brought that. them back yeah, until... No, there's no ice in Hawaii, girl. I know. That's, you told me that. And I was like, it makes so much sense. I never thought of that. I just used a little <laughs> shot glass. And I've always put it under the leaves, but I didn't know you could take them out of the pot. I didn't know that that wouldn't. They usually come in like a really thin plastic. Well, yeah. Interior pot. Yeah. You yeah. can't take them out of the well, pot. And that I drains do. well. I, you know, some plants go into shock when you move them around a lot. And so I've just never yeah. done No, mine, mine have been great. And actually, yeah, now I've uh, actually for Mother's Day this weekend, my Brady went to the grocery store with his dad to get me dinner. And he, he also got me this little necklace, but this was actually an old, it says mom, but it was an old, uh birthday present that he hadn't given me yet oh so he gave me that and then he gave me an orchid i was like thank you he knew i wanted orchids yeah so he's paying attention he is he's actually my brady is the gift giver he's the one that knows he pays attention and he loves that he's always had a girlfriend until he got to middle school and i think that was because he could give them gifts he wanted to give them christmas gifts and easter gifts and birthday gifts and valentine's gifts he was that's like his thing is like being able to show care like that so it must maybe that's his that must be his love, love language. Love, yeah. I guess oh. so. Do you remember, the, do you remember a story called The Gift of the Magi? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Do you remember that story where they're so deeply in love and he saves all his money to buy her a hairbrush? Yes. And she has her hair cut off so she can buy him. I can't remember what she buys him. Yeah. And so like, they, uh, it's the gift of the Magi. So the, the things that they give each other, you know, uh, it, it, end up. They can't use it because they don't have the thing. That's actually, there's a, funny enough, there's a Mickey Mouse version of that. I can't remember what it is, but Mickey and Minnie do the same sort of thing. The sweater thing. Yeah, there's something. But but again, she sells this and he sells that so that they can get each other. He wants to get her the necklace and he's trying to sell all of his things to get it and she's doing the same thing. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but yeah. I love that sentiment though, you know, the thought of like, I I think my sister Laura and I are like, I consider us kind of gifted the Magi sisters, you know. She's she's so tortured by this 30-day challenge of me not having a car (laughs) and trying to move around without one. She goes, she's like, "Uh, my day is clearing up. Is there anywhere you need to go? Anything you like, so are you just Ubering? Or no. Are you, so tell them, tell her your little adventure here, and then you well, can read it in the book. I'm using Lyft and Uber, but I've also figured out like there's a Flix bus that goes to Palm. I have to go to Palm Springs on Wednesday, so I'm taking the bus, which has it's got the Wi-Fi and all that, and so it's supposed to be really nice. So you know, normally in California, you just get in the car and go, right? Right. So this is like, oh shoot, I forgot the mozzarella, so I'm. Put on my bike helmet, get the bicycle, go to the store, get the mozzarella. So, like, really kind of teaching myself, how would you do it if you didn't have a car? How, what would life feel like? In the, and it's actually quite doable. Um, but it, but it, it, it takes a lot of figuring out, right? To, like, figure out the bus path. You have and to the... think ahead. Yeah, you really have to, like, figure it out. You know, there's, there's a lot of resources available. I, I mean, anyone could do it. But you have to know... Um, you have to really put some thought into your day. Well, and Beth know? points out, too, in her blog that um, 
And I love this because I'm such an environmentalist that you're like, if we did instead of meatless or with meatless Mondays, if we did like bicycle riding Fridays or something, you know, if mm-hmm. I know that, that like cities have that once in a mm-hmm. while. But honestly, like if everyone did it once in a while and we figured it out, it could be so great. I mean, if everyone in- did it like two or three times a week, just said, well, I'm going to take my bike instead or I'm going to, you know, or or you know, on your way to dinner. And this happens in LA all the time. You know, there's seven people going to dinner and yeah. seven cars. Yeah. Oh, right? my family. We've got three cars and three of us show up at church separately. And it's like, and then we all go to the same brunch. I'm like, mainly because of my kids want to drive themselves. But I'm like, all right, but at what cost? And for the environment, for our gas bill, for all this stuff, right? Right, right for everything. I mean, like, so we just need to all get in the habit of saying, you want me to pick you up? You know, like when we're going yeah. somewhere yeah. together and just, it's just little habits like that. I miss riding just, a bike. Like in LA, say, I would ride a bike. Riding a bike. LA, funny enough, is that we didn't really ride bikes a lot in Connecticut and we don't really ride bikes in Nashville, but we rode bikes all the time in LA. Like we would, that's because we lived in an area where there was nearby restaurants and grocery yeah, stores. So when I'm in LA, I will ride, I will walk, I will, you know, I have to be careful because when I go to Trader Joe's, I have too much stuff in my bag. So, you know, I'll end <laughs> right. up carrying a ton of stuff home. Be Get like, along, oh, I need a balance. Yeah, I, I, I shouldn't have gotten the, the, the pasta sauce or something. You know, I'm like, why did I get three things of almond milk? You know. That kind of thing. Yeah, but. well, like when I stay with you there, we always walk to dinner and then pick yeah. something up at Trader Joe's or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I live in this neighborhood in like Beverly Grove, it's called. So I could walk to like 100 restaurants, three different yeah. grocery stores, Trader Joe's, every bank you can think of. So, you know, I'm getting a lot of walking done. I'll tell you that. Some well, that's days- the thing, right? Like I just read this thing about how we're doing things backwards here in the U.S. Like we are, we have grocery stores full of um, probiotics and supplements and stuff. And then we have CrossFits on every corner and we've got, you know, all this stuff going on. We have to wake up at 4 a.m. to get our workout in, go to our therapist, you know, try to eat right, to take our probiotics. But if we were like living in Italy, walking would be kind of included in our everyday right. activity. We'd eat mm-hmm. cleaner foods, which then we wouldn't need all these supplements and we would get a better night's sleep and we'd have social time with our friends over at like Amanda and I do a really good job of being social and and seeing our girlfriend. We have a girls group that we do pretty well with kind of hanging out and and being there for each other. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it helps with like keeping the therapy bill down a little bit. For (laughs) real, it does. You know, that's really important. I mean, you know, I mean, I think isolation is one of the big dangers uh, in American society. And, you know, like one of my articles, I really I talked about some of the research I've done where. You know, especially as you get older, like people in their 60s, I think 20, uh, I think it's like uh, before your 60s, like from whatever, 20 to to, to 55, 28% of women live alone and 23% of men. Wow. When you get into your 60s, that goes up to into the 30s, like 38% oh, wow, and wow. 34%. And people 70 and above, 40 to 50% of people 70 above live alone. Wow. So, you know, as, as you age and, and as we, you know, go on in society, you, you know, go forward in life, it's really important to build those things in for yourself, you know? Yeah. Social time is super crucial in my life. Like, I always make sure I make mm-hmm. a lot of time for my friends. Sometimes I get yelled at for not spending enough time with everybody, but I try. <laughs> well, you can't yeah, be yeah. in four places at one time. I try. I try to be. You do try. You know, work-life balance uh, is, is a, I think it's a challenge for everyone. Yeah. No matter what your, you know, circumstances are. But certainly for you ladies with, with three kids, 
I mean, that balance becomes really hard to strike. And yeah. it, but you have to have some me time. Well, there know, was an episode have- of Sabrina where I cloned myself, and I wish I could do that. But oh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> wouldn't that be wonderful? A me that could clean. Now, if, if you could clone yourself, like minus the ADHD. So like, <laughs> I mean, your clone self doesn't need any prescriptions. How about that? <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with our normal show. We love all of you, especially our Sabrina fans out there. So we hope that this one made you feel right at home. <laughs>